Well, hey everyone, I'm Jason Wright. This is the Jason Wright Show, first show of 2023, and I didn't want to do it. I have not wanted to sit down and talk into this microphone, and I just had to force myself to get here today. Uh, I haven't wanted to post to Instagram. I have not wanted to get out an, an issue of the Vitruvian letter. I have not wanted to do anything, and I'm really kind of struggling with that. I don't know why. I, um, I mean, I still enjoy doing the things that I do to improve all ways and all ways. But uh, I really enjoyed the the Christmas break. It went by really fast. You know, whenever you uh, are in retail, and as most of you know, my wife, Jemelyn, she owns uh, Hot Tots, our retail business. And it really never stops. You really never get a day off. You really never get to just kind of breathe it and take it in. You just, you're, it's pretty fast paced all the time. This year, we had Christmas Day. And uh, that was about it. It was, um, and poor Jemlin, God bless her. She would be up at the store at like 545 in the morning. A lot of nights not home till midnight or one o'clock. And um, so it's kind of like Christmas just came and went in a blur. And so I think that because of that, because as, as basically all I am is her support group, right? I'm, I'm her cheerleader. Um, that's about it. I just would, I wouldn't really be able to just like take a lot of time to kind of chill and relax because I just didn't think it was fair. And why should I be doing that whenever she's working her tail off like she was? And so I don't know. And, and I stay in kind of a, um, a hyped up mode at all times anyway. I am always like, you know, just feeling like I'm never doing enough. I've got to get more done. I've got to keep pushing. I'm getting older. I haven't got my courses that I want to get online and get out. Uh, I haven't got them to where I want them. Uh, This podcast, I want to improve uh, continuously. I want to write more books. Um, I'd love to sell more copies of the books that I published, the book that I published last year, which was The Stone Chiseler. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that I I want to do that I feel like I'm not doing. And so I, I think that and I pushed really hard in 2022. And so I think maybe that's why. But here I am. I finally decided I didn't reach out to any guests. I didn't reach out. I mean, I've got a bunch of uh, folks lined up to come on the show. But frankly, I didn't want to do an interview. I didn't. It's not fair to my guests to get on and talk to somebody whenever I'm not in the mood to talk uh, or, or ask questions. <laughs> so I just decided, you know what? I've got to get this thing started. It's the first Monday of 2023. And uh, I want to get to it and and get rolling with uh, what will uh, in May be season five of the Jason Wright Show. So I thought one of the things that I would start out with is a list of books that I would encourage anyone to read. And I want to tell you how I curated this list. It's just a quick list. It's just three books that I would read going into 2023. And it is these books were deliberately chosen for the times in which we're living. These books were deliberately chosen as ways to serve as inspiration, motivation, and and just kind of help navigate the waters that I see ahead for 2023. And I'll just give you a quick prediction. First of all, every day is a great day as long as you decide to make it that way. I truly believe that. And I've, sometimes I fail at that. Sometimes I don't choose to make it a great day. Sometimes I choose to allow outside forces to penetrate into my brain and, and I, just, I just get into a, uh, a wallow of self-pity and just anger and, and disgust with what's going on around me. But one of the things that I am 
really going to focus on this year is to uh, create moats and fortresses, you know, um, around my psyche, my emotions. Uh, the more I see of the world that we're living in, the less I like. I enjoy, and, so, and I'm I'm always going to be a part of it. We have to be. I'm going to be a part of the, the the community at large, but I'm going to be very very cautious. And I I encourage you to be very very cautious with the music you listen to, the, the the things that you put in front of your eyes, the things you read, the things that you absorb, the things that you allow into that most vital of all the devices that we carry with us each and every day, which is our mind. And so I thought to that end, I listened to the likes of Peter Atiyah, Ben Greenfield, Andrew Huberman, um, Lane Norton, all these guys that are just absolutely remarkable at, uh, at optimizing the human body, the mind, uh, they're just they're just truly uh, unbelievable individuals. And I'm always trying to figure out how do I manage my blood sugar, my glucose levels for longevity? How do I do resistance training that both uh, it keeps lean body mass and, and helps promote longevity without overdoing it so that I'm, you know, taking miles off of this, uh, of these uh, tires that I have that are only going to last for so long. They've only, there's only so much tread that all of us have. How can I optimize for longevity to where I'm getting the resistance I need, I'm building the muscle mass I need, uh, but but not overdoing it in such a way that I kind of uh, have a, a, a hit a point of diminishing returns. So all the physical things you know are, are really important, but I think it all starts with mental. I think right now we're about to go through a year, the next couple of years for sure. Uh, well, let's, let me just say this. And this is a as a practical matter, being objective. This is not making a an, a doomsday pessimistic uh, statement. Please don't misunderstand. If you think if you thought things were kind of kooky and wacky in 2022, um, I, they're not getting any better. I just don't see any. I don't see any time in for probably my lifetime in which things get more get back to a level of certainty, objectivity. Uh, absolutes, I think that we are going to continue to see absolutes, be it moral, be it just um, biological, be it whatever. I think whatever once was an absolute that we could all agree upon as truth in modern society, I don't think that we're going to go back anytime soon to a place of calling things, you know, succumbing to absolute natural truths. I just don't see that happening. So therefore, what do you do? What do you do when you live in a world that is getting more and more gray as opposed to black and white? There's more gray. There's more, uh, the, 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 one of the catchphrases of the day is fluidity. Everything's fluid and kind of, uh, if it, if it feels good, do it. And, it, and, and we are all just kind of making things up in our mind and whatever our quote-unquote truth is, that is supposed to be a universal truth, with it, which is an oxymoron in and of itself. There can be no my truth uh, that is universal, that my truth is just some, is more of a, used to be called an opinion or a thought, but now it's getting to the point where if you think it and you believe it to be true, then it is supposed to be treated. Others are supposed to come in with you. You're supposed to, uh, you're, you're now able to demand that others suspend their truth to accommodate your truth. And so when you do that, then there is no 
universal truth. And with no universal truth, there can be no universal agreement on what truth is. And so therefore, what do you do in that? Well, I think the best thing we can do is become mentally resilient. I just think that's the the way you tackle this. And so the, the books that I'm about to recommend to you, there are three that I think are excellent. And here's the thing too, I did, I made a point to not look for a book that was so like a David Goggins type. I love a David Goggins can't hurt me. I think he's got a new one out. I can't recall what it's called. Um, I didn't go for a book like that or something by Tony Robbins that was motivational and, you know, talked about routines and rituals and that sort of thing. What I thought would be more beneficial or were in particular two books on resilience and determination and uh, the human spirit. There are two books that just truly moved me. I guess I read these. I don't even remember. I think I read them last year, maybe the year before. I've done book reviews on both of them. Um, But on all three of these, actually, I think I've done book reviews on the YouTube channel. And I wanted, I picked these because I think that it's just good to see one, a reminder of where we as human beings come from and the things that we have done and overcome in our history to be able to point to and go, well, if that individual could do that, then I am probably capable of a lot more than what I actually think I am. And so, and then one book is this this idea of helping us figure out the difference between happiness and joy and how we pursue happiness. You know, I guess it's in the, um, you know, the, uh, the Declaration of Independence that says that it has those famous words, the right to uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think that people often go about... Um, the pursuit of happiness in the wrong way. And, and I'm not an anti-materialist or anything like that. And this, I think people that have giant houses and fancy cars and all of it, I think that they're, I don't judge anyone. That's not what this is about. So don't worry. But I think that a lot of us that don't have those things, we come up empty and we think, gosh, if I, if, if only I could have that house I want, if only I could have the clothes I want, if only I could have that, car that I want, then I'd be happy. And I think what what we lose sight of is that true joy, deep joy, it comes from doing things that are deep-rooted in action and experience and generally some struggle and some suffering. If I were to ask you right now, look back on over the course of your life and think about those things that you have done that you look back on and you go, that was an amazing moment in my life. That was a time of my life where it, 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 I, I just, if you were to, if I were to just say, this is like the, the, the defining moment of my life where it, it just brings you joy to even hearken to that time and to, to bring attention to it, to bring folks, it just, it, there's something that has a, a visceral joy that is brought about from it. I can almost guarantee you there was some struggle involved in that. Maybe it was a, 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 a sporting event and you, you, you exhausted yourself, uh, to, to, come out victorious. Maybe it was a a business endeavor that you thought you would never be able to achieve and somehow through work and staying up late at night and traveling and whatever, you you closed the deal or you started the business or you got the girl, this your your wife, you remember whenever you were courting your wife and you thought there's no way that uh, this girl will ever 
look at me and you, and you just you fought and you did everything you could until all of a sudden she's like, yeah, you're not such a bad guy after all. Yeah, I'll go out with you. And now here you are. You're living happily ever after. Most of these moments have little to do with things like, oh, yeah, I'll never forget that time I got my Maserati. The happiest day of my life. And it's been happy ever since. Um, the, and so that's what this third uh, book is about. So let's get right into these books that I think will make great reads for 2023. They would be great in any era, in any decade. Uh, but I think just given the the where we are, I think these are books that you will thoroughly enjoy. So here we go with my top three reads going into 2023. All right, my first one is The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James Brown. This is such an incredible read. This is a book about the nine Americans and their quest for gold at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. This was uh, at the height of, well, I guess I don't know that, you would consider 36 the height of Hitler's reign, but this is whenever Hitler had ascended to the chancellorship of Germany, and he was the lone dictator. And these guys from the University of Washington, and by the way, now we consider the University of Washington an incredibly prestigious uh, school, but back then it was not at all supposed to have a crew team that could compete at the level of the uh, of getting to the Olympics. And these nine guys and their stories and where they came from, in particular one, Joe Rance, that it really focuses on. It focuses on this guy, Joe Rance, who, by the way, you learn this in the book, at 15 years old is left to fend for himself, is left alone. His father and his stepmother and their family leave Joe. They, the, the father has lost work. He needs to move to, I think, maybe Spokane, where he can make a better living than the place in Washington where they're living. And Joe is left by himself at 15 years old. And it takes you through the backstory of Joe Rantz eventually making his way through just seemingly insurmountable odds to become a member of the University of Washington crew. And then it, and then whenever you see how this team gelled together and all the different uh, heartaches and struggles that they went to to finally end up in Berlin and win gold for the USA, it is just an incredible story. I love this story. And, I, I, and, and again, I think the story of Joe Rance, you know, I remember reading it and thinking, Joe Rance is now one of my heroes. They just don't make men like that anymore. I can't think of many men on the um, public stage these days that you could look at and go, that guy is going to endure no matter what. There's a there's a, a video of some guy, I can't remember his name, and it popped up here recently on a YouTube clip from Joe Rogan. And I remember watching this video years ago, this guy that escaped the civilized society and went out to Alaska and lived off the land, built his own cabin by hand, and he filmed the whole thing. I think this was like in the 50s or maybe early 60s, and the the video is just intoxicating to watch. You can't help but watch it and go, oh, my God, and just be enthralled with it and think, man, it'd be so cool to get off the grid and go live like that, that guy did. Well, 
Joe Rantz is the type of guy that could do that, hands down. And you learn that in this book. You learn the story of just struggle and overcoming. And it's I cannot more highly recommend The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James Brown. If you want a great read to start off your year with some inspiration, some not just motivation, but be inspired to do more than what you think you're capable of doing and to and to kind of start this uh this building of resilience within i think the boys in the boat is the read for you so check that out all right my next one here let me get this if you're watching on the youtube channel i want you to have the the, the covers of these books okay so Endurance. This, uh, this Shackle, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage, Endurance uh, by Alfred Lansing. This is one of my top five books. Um, it's one of my favorite books of all time. And essentially what Endurance it, it details is uh, Shackleton's um, attempt to sail to, the, uh, to Antarctica. And he doesn't make it. He ends up, he and his crew, um, I guess ice-capped, is that what you say? Uh, his, his his ship it's, ends up frozen in ice. And it's a story of survival. And it's a true story. And, and, and you read this thing, and you're like, how on earth? I mean, and it, it, it takes you to on an emotional roller coaster because just whenever they think they've seen victory, you can almost put yourself in the camps where the sun's shining and you know it's freezing and they're dirty, but just the, the slightest thing will bring them great joy and a sense of hope. And then in the next chapter, you have to read about them eating their dogs, their sled dogs that they love. I mean, these men, they love these dogs. These are like their friends, and, it's, uh, and they have to make these just horrible, horrible choices for survival. And I remember reading Endurance for the first time, I, I was just like, there's no way. How in the world are they able to survive these just grueling, hellish conditions and keep keep the right attitude and then and then Shackleton you just realize what an incredibly special human being this guy was as a leader as someone who was determined as a thinker um it, it is just again it's a book that it, it's not about here's a how to on how to mil, uh, build mental strength it's not some kind of uh book by Michael Gervais or somebody or Jim Lair on mental toughness for the athlete or overcoming, you know, fear and anxiety. It's not, it's not that kind of book. It's just a real life account of a guy that somehow was able to tap into something with a crew of men and inspire them to tap into wells of, of courage that they probably had no idea that any of them possessed until they were faced with this, uh, this incredibly, uh, well, this incredible voyage gone very, very bad. It is. It reads like a movie. It's like Hollywood could not come up with anything better than this. So I, I really, I highly recommend Endurance, the story of Shackleton's incredible voyage. It you you will love it, and again, it sets you up mentally to always look back and go, well, at least I don't have to do that, right? I mean. If, if if the human spirit is 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 big enough and it's it's it can be tapped into to achieve something like that, then surely it can get me through this, right? So 
endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage, that is my number two read for 2023 that I highly recommend starting the year off with. So the next book I'd like to uh, bring up and suggest to you all is Surprised by Joy by C.S. Lewis. So this book really taught me a lot about realizing that there's joy to be had in so many places that we don't even look. And generally as human beings, we, we look for joy, for happiness in the wrong ways. We usually go for the path of least resistance and especially now. So uh, we know that fentanyl is a huge, huge problem in our country, but not just fentanyl, just just drugs, prescription drugs, people just trying to check out. And I, I keep asking uh, my youngest daughter, you know, who has friends, you know, she, just because of that age, that so many of these kids are are getting high and, and looking for altered uh, states of consciousness and, and whatnot. And I'm like, what do you think it is? Is it boredom or what is it? There's just... And yet there's so much to be had just in the, the, the small things of life. And, and that's, if I had to sum up one kind of just this book in its entirety would be this is that joy is not something that can absolutely be pursued. Joy is something that is going to sneak up on you when you least expect it. You're probably going to do something. You're, you will probably actually in most cases be doing something that you would never uh, estimate as joyful, hard work conditioning for a sporting event, writing a book, uh, just putting in hard work, suffering for something bigger than yourself, when all of a sudden this immense joy shows up. You, you figure out that there's nothing in the world you would rather be doing than what that what's going on at that moment. Or maybe it takes getting through it and getting to the final product and, and all the pain and the heartache and the sweat and the anxiety Sometimes the literally the blood, sweat, and tears of it. You look back on it and you go, if only I could do that again. There's nothing that has ever brought me so much joy. And so that's why the book is entitled Surprised by Joy. And here, here's a good example of how sometimes we misread things in life that can be very joyful. Uh, C.S. Lewis writes, I had not been allowed to deflower the very idea of distance. In return, I possessed infinite riches. In what would have been to motorists, people that have cars, a little room, the truest and most horrible claim made for modern transport is that it annihilates space. It does, meaning a car can annihilate space because you can get from one place to the other much quicker, right? Okay, back to reading. It annihilates one of the most glorious gifts we have been given. It is a vile inflation which lowers the value of distance. So that a modern boy travels a hundred miles with less sense of liberation and pilgrimage and adventure than his grandfather goes from traveling ten. Of course, if a man hates space and wants it to be annihilated, that is another matter. Why not creep into his coffin at once? There is little enough space there. Here's the point uh, that C.S. Lewis is making is that, yes, it, it's phenomenal that we can get from point A to point B so much more quickly than we once could. But in doing so, we've now lost the joy just being able to, like if I were to walk from Tyler to Nacogdoches, Texas, which is about, I guess, an hour and a half from here, I can drive it. It would take me more than a day, most likely, to walk there. Imagine what could happen along the way. Just all of a sudden, I might notice 
a, a deer standing 25 yards from me whenever I'm walking out into the piney woods of East Texas. I'm exercising. It's physical. I'm having to take note of things and occupy my mind in ways other than listening to podcasts and books and, and just watching the the uh, the scenery just blaze past me. But And I can't even watch that because I'm having to keep an eye on the road. What C.S. Lewis is saying is that so much of our modern world, it removes these things that we took for granted. It, it eliminates some of the most joyful aspects of living, which are just slowing down and taking in, taking in this world with all five of our senses. And there's there's example after example of this, uh, and, and it also gives a really cool insight into C.S. Lewis's. Um, School days, what what he experienced as a as a young student, uh, you know, he became one of the greatest scholars of all time. Uh, uh, educated at Oxford, uh, atheist turned Christian, and a, an incredible writer. Most of you, if you've never heard anything of C.S. Lewis, then you probably are familiar with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or the movie Narnia. Well, that was C.S. Lewis; he wrote those. And so, um, this is a book that it reminded me that I, I'm never going to find happiness or joy pursuing money wealth just for the money or wealth's sake what i had to what it did for me was it caused me to look at what's on the other side let's say that i had all the money i ever wanted and we all have a number uh, uh, any of us that have thought about it we have a number for some people it's five million for some people it's five billion for some people who knows but there's what does that represent and if it just represents well if I had this much money, then I could buy this other thing. Okay, well, then what does that thing represent? Well, it's a, I could buy this big house. Okay, well, why does that, why do you require that house to have what, what else do you get? What's in that thing? Well, it would be beautiful to look at. It would be comfortable. Okay, well, okay, well, then what would that mean? What does that mean when you have a beautiful home to look at and stare at? And what does it mean? And if you dig down and you dig down and you dig down, you'll realize that wherever you go, there you are. It's probably not the big house or the car or the the, the, the small house on a bunch of land away from everybody. It's probably not that that's actually going to make you happy. In fact, you're probably going to encounter a lot of drudgery in pursuit of it. Whenever you would just really get to the root of what, it's see, which, what it is you're seeking, which might be peace of mind, which would be lower anxiety, it probably doesn't have to have all of that struggle and toil to get there. It might be something much more simplistic that it's right at your fingertips and that's where the greatest joy comes from and in pursuit of it you might just find that joy comes from a place you didn't even expect you didn't even see it coming and so that is uh, that's a book that i would highly recommend for this year so those are the books that i would read if i were you for entertainment for mental preparation for building resilience, for examples of how to find joy and happiness in completely un, un, uh, you know, the weirdest circumstances you would never think of, and and reminding yourself that as a human being, you and I, we are all such remarkable animals. We really are, and we we are overcomers. I had a football coach uh, when I was in high school, James Cameron, that used to always say. A man is far more capable than what he thinks he is. A man can always achieve more than he thinks he can, and we can. We all can. None of you out there, I don't care who you are, 
None of you know what you're fully capable of because most of the time we're not pushed to that point. It's very rare that we're able to push ourselves to that point. We're not made to push ourselves beyond the limits of what we're actually capable. But bumping up against it and reading about those who have gone those distances, not by choice. They didn't go by choice, so therefore they were pushed into a realm that they didn't ask to be in. And so therefore they were in completely uncharted waters and paths, and then they saw what they were capable of. And it's magical. And so I think that by reading about these sorts of these sorts of stories and, and real life events that we can there be inspired as we go into 2023. And look, if you have some lofty goals or New Year's resolutions, that's great. Congratulations. I think it's good. But I would just encourage you 1% better every day. If you have a big lofty goal, if it's losing 30 pounds, stop drinking, stop smoking. Don't don't be so hard on yourself and and say I've got to achieve that big thing. Bring it down to one small behavior that leads to the likelihood of that outcome. You just look up one day and go, "Look at that. I'm no longer a smoker." And it's not about quitting smoking, it's about becoming a non-smoker. I don't smoke. I'm a non-smoker. It's an identity-based goal. All right. So that's it. Here we go. 2023. First episode back in the can. Didn't want to be here. Glad you checked it out. Glad that you listened. More to come for 2023. I'm going to try to make this the best, the best year ever for the Jason Wright show. Got a lot of plans. Uh, Might even have a new podcast starting with uh, one of my buddies, James Quandall. That's what we're pushing. So be watching for that. That's going to be really cool. And uh, with that, continue in 2023 to improve always in all ways. I'm Jason. I'm out. Well, that does it for this episode of the Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out. Thank you.